Hello everyone, welcome to Toon Hounds, your fortnightly, that's two weekly for everyone who isn't British I suppose, uh, look into everything cartoons and animated. Um, I'm Rich Masters, one of your hosts, and with me is the man who only narrowly was beaten to voice Mario by Chris Pratt, Spivzy. It's-a me, Spivzy. <laughs> Spivzy didn't know I was going to say that. Um, so... <laughs> I mean, still, 100% better than Chris Pratt is going to be. Yeah, did you see that um, little mock-up somebody did of one of his, uh, like a voiceover from an old Chris Pratt movie where they put it with a Mario animation? No. It's, it's like, um, it's very Illumination animation where the there's lots of looking down and then him like looking up and big eyes and saying, you don't have to be a bad guy. And it was said... I didn't... This is going to be how the movie ends. He's going to say that to Bowser, and that's how the movie's going to end. Yeah. It was spot I, um, on. I uh, didn't see the thing he did with... Was it Tom Holland? The Dis- Was it of Disney or Pixar? Uh, that was uh, Onward. That was Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. Was it any good? It's all right. Yeah. It's fine, you know. <laughs> Solid six. Yeah, it, it was one of those fantasy movies where I wanted to know what was happening to anyone other than the main characters. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Mm. That's a shame okay, because Zootopia, Zootropolis, wherever it's called, wherever you are, um, was kind of like the same sort of premise, but actually mm. you cared about those characters and the world around them. Yeah. <laughs> That's mm. uh, the power right. of fluffy animals, though. Yeah, it is. And uh, a complete noir setting. Yes. That mm. is a good movie. It's a really great movie. We should talk about that one day. We should, yeah. <laughs> just just that. Nothing else. No yeah. comparisons. Just, just do a play-by-play um, how much we love the episode. Because I, um, I really love all the voice acting in that as well. Mm. Apart from maybe Idris Elba, who I think is a little bit... He's just Idris Elba. There's nothing else to his character. Who was he in that? He was the bison who's oh, the police yeah. chief. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, that goes to show, like, if you... If there's nothing to his voice, you're mm. not really, um, you're not really remembering him. Whereas, yeah. like when The Rock did Maui from Moana, that's all I can remember from that film. Just like <laughs> yeah. how good his voice acting was. Yeah, so. Um, <clears throat> Rock, The Rock is the anti Chris Pratt. Yeah, I think it's like, I like genuinely... him when he's in things. Like even if the movie's yeah. rubbish, I mean, I mean, I enjoy him being there. Yeah. Whereas Chris Pratt is an instant distractor for me. Yeah. Um, like he is the worst part of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two by a long shot. Yeah. Um, uh, that whole all the stuff with him and Kurt Russell is just like so boring when they're throwing the energy ball and stuff like that. Yeah, it's um, a bit. I don't think it's a Chris Pratt the person who makes it bad. Even though Chris Pratt the person is pretty bad, it's yeah. Star Lord isn't a very good character. No, and he loses all the things that make him interesting by the end of the first movie when it comes to sort of like comes to terms with the fact that he is who he is. Yeah, that's too quick a reveal as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, cartoons. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, those things. Uh, what we're doing, um, um, Reach Masters this week. <laughs> Yes, we're doing remasters and reboots. Um, so we're doing. We've picked two properties that we like. Um, I think we both like the originals as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That we've picked. Um, my um, pick is more. I like it ironically rather than it being a actually good franchise. Mm. 
Oh, I don't... Mm, yeah, most I of the do, time, yeah. it's pretty bad. But I yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, most of the time it is. I think we've picked reboots, remasters, where uh, I think... I'm speaking for Spivsy here, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he feels this way as well. The reboot enhances the quality of the original product because I think my pick, I like it like the original but i was a stupid child and didn't realize how shit it was yes and <laughs> the the remaster just enhances everything you like about that yeah it, it's a complete improvement <clears throat> yeah everything is better um and i think the same with yours as well mm. yeah there's it's... um there's a lot of uh, new additions in my pick which i think yeah. they were needed more than uh more than them being improvements on the actual show, it's stuff that actually needed to happen. Yeah, definitely. And it, I would say that both the remasters bring the concepts into the um, time periods that they were made in yeah. um, very, very efficiently and uh, influencing other um, iterations and properties going forward as well, which I think is great. Yes, um, yeah. So what was your pick this fortnight? I was going to say week, episode. <laughs> this uh, bi-monthly period. <laughs> I, it's bi-monthly two weeks or two months? I think it's both. Oh, that's complicated. It's like inf- inflammable and flammable. Yeah, what a country. Um, yeah. I went with the reboot of the Hanna-Barbera universe, uh, Jellystone, which is quite a new one. It came out earlier this year, I think. It came out so recently that um, you recommended it to me a couple of months ago yes. and I've only watched a couple of episodes. So yes. I think yeah. it's um, just this month started to be played on Cartoon Network because it was a HBO mm. Now Yeah, it was a HBO, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is why um, I probably wouldn't have seen it when it first came out because yeah. I'm too lazy to pirate things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never pirated it. I, um, you know, I, I travelled to america and watched it legally yeah you were you were actually involved in the production of <laughs> i was it, yeah, I yeah 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 mm. i'm um I when you missed was... out on the chris pratt role <laughs> yeah they got me that was your second option <laughs> um you benny the ball i was yeah <laughs> i would love to be benny the ball like i always thought if He's they did like a character. live action top cat i'd want to be benny the ball or chooch you'd be you'd, you'd be more of a chooch i think yeah <laughs> yeah um, well, it I, was... I don't know who I'd be from Yogi. Uh, who, who I'd be from Yogi from Jellystone? Maybe that's uh, maybe that's a Freudian slip there that I think I'd be Yogi Bear. <laughs> well, you are always talking about picnic baskets. So. I am. My yeah. love of stealing picnic baskets is well known. <laughs> My criminal rap sheet is really boring. <laughs> uh, it was. Developed by C.H. Greenblatt, who made um, Chowder in the past. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I think there's a lot of influences from Chowder that come through in Jellystone in the humour and the writing. Uh, I would have thought the um, animation would look more Chowdery, but I think they've given it its own style to it. Yeah, it definitely, I think, looks kind of like an amalgamation of original Hanna-Barbera and Chowder. Yeah, yeah. Like, they've managed to find a common ground between it. Yeah, and I think that only... You know, I think when um, an animation uh, studio develops its own style Mm. um, and, you know, its own look, um, more so than any other part of it, like writing, music, whatever, 
if it's instantly recognisable as that product. Yeah. It's like the um, the silhouette thing, where if you could recognise yeah. a character in a silhouette, which uh, there's a lot of adult animation coming out recently that does not follow that rule at all. No, uh, like Rick and Morty and stuff like that. Yeah, I it's mean, just you could... big eyes, have you ever, limbs. On, on silhouettes, have you ever um, seen any of the Victorian silhouette work by Ollie Moss? He did a, a book... Um, oh yeah, yeah, I have yeah. That yeah. he's just fantastic, and yeah. that is perfect example of can you recognise this character from this sideways look? Yeah, um, it's just it's so great. Yeah, I think Jellystone does that really well as well. Like mm-hmm. it's all um, new character. Like they've redesigned most of the characters in the new Jellystone, but you can still tell who they're meant to be if you totally. Like you couldn't recognise what character they're, they're pastiche on. It's really clever. Yeah. Um, I picked two episodes to watch because I think they exemplify reboots in this series in particular, which were um, Must Be Jelly and Cats Do Dance. Mm-hmm. And Must Be Jelly is, um, Yo- well, the character that used to just be Yogi Bear's girlfriend yeah. actually has a personality now. She does things. Not just a personality, but is far more capable yes, than the... Yogi, and, Yogi and Boo Boo. But something I really enjoy is that there's often a problem with female characters in cartoons where they'll make them the capable one, but they'll lose any other kind of personality or humour. Mm-hmm. But Cindy still has problems and issues and manages to make them funny as well. Like yeah. She's a obsessive-compulsive almost, isn't she? Mm, yeah. She's a workaholic, but yep. she's also a, a scientific genius. Yeah, I loved the um, the montages of her working in the hospital. Yeah, uh, I did. It's <laughs> just so great. I, I, I love it when um, uh, Huckleberry like shows up in the in the office, and he just starts talking about orange orange squash with her, <laughs> and she just wants him to get out. <laughs> It's a bit where she's um, taking stuff out of what you think is Ca- Captain Caveman's stomach as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a and it's actually just yeah. a, bag, a bag under a blanket. Um, <laughs> it's just uh, really clever. It's so fu- it's such a funny show. Like, more so than the originals by far. But I'm saying this as somebody, you know, wasn't raised in 1962. So I think the, uh, mm. the humour has changed a bit mm. since then. And I would say... We're like I said in the intro. We're both fans of Hanna Barbera, like mm. quite big fans. Yeah. Um, I specifically love Top Cat. I think you, we we've had numerous conversations about <laughs> yeah, Top yeah. Cat and how much we love it. Um, <laughs> but um, they're, they're problematic cartoons a lot of the time, aren't they? Yeah, no they representation, are. Representation, yeah. no one other than a male character. Um, some quite outdated concepts and motifs, um, but that they what they've really done well with Jellystone is move the characters that you love into environments that make them more lovable. Yeah, yeah, it's like they've um, managed to create their own universe out of these characters. Like there was no common ground between different Hanna-Barbera shows, really. Like, they did some mm. crossovers with Yogi Bear treasure hunting and stuff. But there weren't really... You could see Yogi Bear existing in the same world as Top Cat. Mm. But they've managed yeah, to they... put everybody in the same place really well. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about it in the two episodes that I've watched, is that um, 
they all seem like because when like when you say there were crossovers but they always seemed really forced yeah yeah um and they seem like they all live on the same in the same town of jellystone mm. um so it's and you see characters wandering and out of each other's stories so yeah, they're almost yeah. bystanders um which is great because even if your favorite character isn't the focus you still get a little bit Mm. There are some characters that I wish had had more uh, involvement in these episodes because I love them mm-hmm. so much, like um, Doggy Daggy, uh, Doggy Daddy, and Augie. I yeah. wish that they'd had more of a, a part to play in these because they're my favourite characters out of the entire series. I was really happy to see Jabberjaw in yeah. this episode. Yeah, <laughs> Jabberjaw, Jabberjaw, and um. McGilla Gorilla are two other really good mm. ones because they work in the same store together. So in yep. their episodes, they do a lot of crossovers. They work in a hat shop together. Of course. <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't they work in it? What's a hat shop? Is it a haberdashery? Um, Mil- is it milliners, milliners, isn't it? Yeah. A haberdashery is a... That's where you, yeah, it's where you buy like fabrics supplies. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. at us. <laughs> Smart guys. <laughs> <laughs> Smart guys about really outdated shop names. <laughs> If you if you want some irrelevant information, come to Toon Hounds. It's what we're here for. <laughs> but, um, the basic plot of Must Be Jelly is that Cindy Bear is uh, overworked at the hospital, but she's joined a book club, and she needs to read a steamy romance between Fred Flintstone and Wilma. <laughs> uh, but if she doesn't read the book, she will be... Um, well, I can't remember the term they used. Was it like... Um, like banished from the book club or yeah, something. Yeah, like almost like excommunicated. Yeah, it felt <laughs> and it, like. And it took like cuts to Peter Potsmus underneath the bridge, saying he just wanted to belong. <laughs> uh, um, I love the Mills and Boone cover. Of yeah, the book. isn't yeah. it? Isn't it just called Bedrock? Yeah, which is such a Mills and Boone title as well. Oh, it's so good. But she's in the book club with um, Winsome Witch, uh, Mister Jinx. From Pixie and Dixie and Jabberjaw, which is Mr. The, Jinx. It's so such funny. a good combination of characters. So she doesn't. She hasn't read the book. So she builds a, a ray gun, which will turn people into gelatin, and she uses it to freeze the three of them, um, bisecting Mr. Jinx in the process. Yeah, over the arm of the sofa. <laughs> yeah, which is a really good joke. <laughs> and then she goes to read the book. But she keeps getting inter- interrupted by other people, and over the course of the episode, manages to freeze the entire town in jelly. It's so it's so stupid. It's so it's stupid. So stupid. <laughs> My favourite part when she's like freezing people is when everybody's coming into her office to ask for advice and help, and um, uh, Wally Gator comes in. He's got like a growth on his neck, which looks like him, and he says, "Like I'm, t- I'm starting to like the little guy." <laughs> And then there's like lots of shots of her turning people into jelly, and then Captain Caveman appears and says, "Me not know how me get here." <laughs> um, it's it all stems from her overworking. Yeah, which I feel is a really nice balance because she is confident and does have that sort of like obsession with improving herself and stuff like that but it is a negative as well she has the ability to actually fix all the things that people are coming to her to ask for but there's too many people coming for help because they're all idiots (laughs) yeah some of the problems aren't problems i think this episode is the only time ranger smith actually appears 
which I find it funny that he's like, he seems to run the hospital, like he's the managing yeah. director of the hospital, but he's still dressed as a park ranger. Yeah, I, d- I think that is one, it's, it's going back to that removing the characters from problematic situations. Yeah. Um, I don't think the ranger wasn't, you know, a particular, park ranger isn't a particularly nasty position to be no, in. No. However, just removing them and making them run a hospital <laughs> yeah. is just ridiculous in and of itself. So like, Yogi um, Bear is still a complete moron in this series, yeah. but he's a surgeon somehow. Yeah, but that that is a sort of um, that's a really common uh, conception of uh, surgeons by doctors, isn't it? Yeah, because <laughs> they see them as cutters that just go yeah. in and cut something out and sew someone up. So they're seen as like the, the lower jocks. grades. <laughs> yeah, the yeah the jocks of uh, medicine, which I'm sure is completely wrong. It probably um, is. That's a big thing in Scrubs as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got the Todd and stuff like that. Haven't you? <laughs> yeah, people people like that that um, just are idiots, but somehow are surgeons and very competent <laughs> surgeons. A um a good change, I think, from the original Hanna Barbera's are that. The characters have their own personalities more now. Mm-hmm. Like in the past, there were basically like three different kinds of Hanna Barbera shows, yeah. Which were uh, people solving mysteries, animals escaping from places, or annoying somebody in a yeah, you know, leadership position. Anti-establishment animals. Yeah, or people doing scams. Thought that was yeah. they, they were the three kinds of Hanna-Barbera shows. Yeah, because even the Flintstones is a kind of scam yeah, yeah. show, isn't it? It's and the, sort the of... Flintstones is just the Honeymooners with Cavemen. Yeah, yeah. Like, almost all of their shows were just another show. Yeah. I mean, there's no real difference between Top Cat and Yogi Bear, really, when you think about it. No, if Yogi Bear lived in a city, it would be the same thing. He'd be pulling scams yeah. to try to get picnic baskets. Yeah. It's like um, there's no difference between Yogi Bear and the Hair Bear Bunch. No. They're the same show. <laughs> but they've um, managed to give everybody their own thing now, which I think is brilliant. And changed some of the personalities of the characters to mm. um, naturally enhance some of their... Uh, what should have been there in the first place. Yes. So, like, yeah. for example, Top Cat is very flamboyant mm. and, you know, doesn't seem as masculine leader as he needed to in the um in the original no yeah i think um well this goes into the second episode uh cats do yeah, dance sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm ruining it's, it. no I want it. it's all right you can do a through line <laughs> is that um in that one top cat is more a member of the gang rather than the leader yeah he's more on their level which i think is great like the improvements they've made to the top cat gang is incredible yeah. like it's this, so much better now this episode um I'm just gonna make me sound like a dickhead, but I'm not really a laugh out loud person. I'm more <laughs> yeah. of just sort of like internal laugh, maybe yeah. a Go, exhalation of air out of my nose. Um, yeah. But this episode was so funny. Um, it's, it's, I think it's the best episode out of the series. It's really great. It's, it's so um, funny. It's so ludicrous as well. <laughs> um, it's really slapstick in all the right ways and <clears throat> just kind of. Plays to the strengths of all the characters. Yeah. It's amazing. That it's like a 10 minute episode and every member of the Top Cat gang gets their own moment. Yeah. It's the- impressive. But they've, they've all of the characters are better now. Like the, yeah. 
the way they've changed Chooch and Brain to be female members of the team is so streamlined. Like it's just it makes sense completely. Yeah, and also, it's just matter of fact. They're yeah. female. Yes. It doesn't make a dip. They're, they're women characters. They don't have, you know, they're not. Um, then they've not changed other than their sex, essentially mm. their gender. Um, um, but they've they've not changed their intent. They've not changed yeah. their uh, attitude, their personalities. Well, in in only in that they're enhanced naturally, yes, um, and are better. Uh, but yeah, th- th- there's not everyone gets a chance to shine. Yeah, uh, it's I really think great. that's that's one of my favourite things about Jellystone as a reboot. Are how they've managed to move the characters around and change the personalities, and it just makes sense. Like you don't watch it and think, "Well, that's not right." Why doesn't Jabberjaw sound like Curly from the Three Stooges? <laughs> Which you know, a lot of people did have that complaint, but they're all idiots mm. and shouldn't be listened to. Do you know what it felt like? The this show, it felt like if the characters were working in the original Hanna-Barbera cartoons, and then when they were in their off time, this yeah. is what they did. They went <laughs> yeah. back home to their town, and they all had non-acting jobs that they also <laughs> did. Um, uh, there's a, a lot of times where you see like characters in the background who are working in places. like the yeah. um, a, I can't remember what show the genie is from, but he like runs a food a food truck around the city. Or he shows up in random places, and um, Johnny Quest works at the bowling alley, like things like that. <laughs> I think that's wild that like even characters like Johnny Quest are in it. Yeah, yeah. They don't have any lines in the series, but I'm hoping some they'll get some in the, in later seasons. Speaking I want to see Quest, more of Johnny Quest. That's not a reboot that was very good. Oh, the one that they did in the nineties. Mm. I remember yeah. watching it and liking it at the time, but I can't remember why. Yeah. I was never really into Johnny Quest. I was never really into like the um, the people, Hanna Barbera. The humans, shows. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Except Wacky Races. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. But Wacky Races still had the um, the Arkansas Sugar Bug. <laughs> the um, the second episode that you picked might be one of the. It's on a par with me for two of the uh, one of the favorite things cartoons i've seen this year and the other one is the opening episode to the new mickey mouse show mm. the ranch hand one yeah um, i love that episode <laughs> yeah it's just so good um but this was just it was laugh a minute it was yeah. so funny um when they're all arguing about i should i should let you tell the plot but um when they're all arguing about the planning sequence <laughs> yeah. it's just so great this is what i look like <laughs> Oh, when Chooch asks for big, hot, muscular arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But uh, yeah, the um, the plot is um, Top Cat and his gang are hanging out in their alley and a group, a street gang show up who are characters from... I can't remember if the show's called Hey, It's the King or Look, It's the King. I've never but seen them. It was a very, very, very short-lived show. It lasted mm. like 13 episodes in 19... 19- 77 or 78 like it was the end of the 70s which i found yeah. funny that it was very close to when elvis died and this is a very obvious <laughs> yeah. elvis character like it was bad timing for them 
there were a lot of when you look into it there were so many Hanna Barbera series where they were just like let's just chuck crap at the wall and see if yeah. it works yes yeah, absolutely um yeah. and this was one of those uh there's so many like one and done see- series um that are just you see a character and you're like that looks like Hanna Barbera but I'm not quite sure where it's from yeah um, it's usually it would. It's usually that's Hanna Barbera. That's Depatty Freeling because Depatty Freeling started just making the same characters. Like I'm sure there's loads of people who think Anton the Aardvark was a Hanna Barbera show. Yeah, I love. I love when they're describing how the alley is exactly how they want it now, and they've got like a hibachi grill and stuff like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> <laughs> and they got the um the po- the pile of sand that we all go to the bathroom in. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that uh, Top Cat shows up driving a bumper car, and yeah. they're just like, "Oh yeah, that's just normal. That's Top Cat. That's <laughs> just Top Cat. <laughs> yeah, it's not connected to anything." But um, the, the uh, gang from the uh, the street gang show up, and they start dancing all over the all over their turf. It's in like a sort of West Side Story situation. Yeah, I love that when. It ends with a flourish, the dance, <laughs> yeah. and they and just the they get repelled. <laughs> <laughs> so they've been like kicked out of their turf and end up <laughs> crashing at Peter Potamus's house, <laughs> who in this series has been made into like a like an anime nerd. Yeah, which kind of it just sort of makes sense for the character. Like... <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got he's got a body pillow. He does jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. um, he dresses he up is... as Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> Dash 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 dash. <laughs> he's um he's lovable dweeb. Yes, yeah. Which he's is the, great he's for him. Very much the whipping boy of the series. Mm. It's lots but in of a, um, in a nice way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a nice way. <laughs> in a nice way. <laughs> so uh, Top Cat and the gang like come up with plans for how they're going to get back <laughs> their land, and this is where the um. The planning sequences where Top Cat draws the group on a whiteboard and gives himself these giant muscular legs. Just, just legs. <laughs> just legs. <laughs> and he says, "This is what I look like." Yeah, Chooch is incensed. Like, why have you drawn yourself with those giant legs? <laughs> I love this scene as well. That uh, like just before this one, Chooch sees a uh, like a a Nico anime body pillow and says, yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Then in the next scene, she's holding it. Holding it. <laughs> so the um, the gang get to choose what they want on their pictures. And um, Benny gets a cowboy hat. <laughs> um, they put they, they put fancy on like a kid's tricycle. With a <laughs> because he wanted, the, he wanted the cowboy hat. And Top Cat says, they can't both have... <laughs> They can't both have cowboy hats for some reason. Some arbitrary rule that he's just. Oh, he up. says it like that was Benny's idea. He came up with that all by himself. <laughs> and um, Spook wants yeah. a, a blaster. <laughs> he doesn't say it though. Obviously, <laughs> he just. <laughs> I love this scene as well. That uh, Top Cat calls a mistang. <laughs> Because I think it's very, um, it's not explicit that Spooks is meant to be a woman now. Mm. But it's just the, like, it's his delivery of him calling, you can't have that mess thing, that's not really our deal. <laughs> and then he makes the, yeah, he makes the distinction that it's a pop gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> essentially. Oh, it's so funny. It's great. So they all, yes. um, 
they head off to have like a, a dance contest against them. Well, they go off to lick everything, don't they? Yeah, that's the that is a really funny scene as well. Yeah. It's plan one is licking everything and yeah, they lick everything theirs. in the apartment. <laughs> and, then, and then they just get some antibacterial spray out and wipe the things. It's called lick be gone. <laughs> lick be gone. So oh. that plan didn't work. So then they try to throw banana peels everywhere. <laughs> Which backfires as well because they just start dancing on the banana peels. Yeah. And somehow make it cooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so good that bit. Where they're just like spinning around on them and he's doing backflips and everything. And they're like, it's so really good. Their third plan is to just beat them at their own game and have a dance off against them. <clears throat> and their dancing is so crap <laughs> that it has absolutely no effect on them whatsoever. Yeah. They then like Spook starts twerking and Fancy's like slapping her on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. But it's a smoke screen. It's a smoke screen. Because Chooch wasn't really there. It was Fancy dresses Chooch. <laughs> and Chooch and and was, Fancy was, was Fancy. a mop. He <laughs> was and a mop with a face on. Oh, it's just a really badly drawn picture. Um, <laughs> oh, it's so good. And Chooch had taken the bumper car and taken it to Laser HQ <laughs> and bribed Grape Ape with all of the bananas to take it to the top floor where she hacked into a, into a computer system with a laser, gu- like a guided laser, a satellite laser, pinpointed on their DNA inside the, inside the alleyway. And they basically murder the gang. Like, they are they dead. They count to dust. <laughs> They're dead. And, uh, They're literally on... ashes. <laughs> and it builds them a conversation pit, which is what Benny wanted. And they all sit together in the pit and say, so what do you want to talk about? Um, while the whole rest of the block is aflame. It's, yeah. That happens a lot in Jellystone, where like one thing will happen and random houses will just be on fire. Well, that happens at the end of the jelly episode. Yeah, it does, yeah. It? Yeah, where she's running around turning people to jelly. The whole street is aflame. <laughs> There's no reason for it, but everything's on fire. Because it takes her three years to develop the technology yes. to turn everyone back. <laughs> yeah. It's like Mad turns, Max. When she turns them back. And uh, Mr. Jinx is still in half. But he, t- he just looks at himself and says, <laughs> nice butt. <laughs> and then it, like they talk about the book for a moment. And then it like, does the zoom out. And <laughs> is it Mr. Jinx who says it or Jabberjaw? But they say like... Why does my phone say it's three years later? <laughs> yeah, I don't know who it is, but <laughs> yeah, that's how they end the episode. Um, they're both great episodes. They're really funny. You'll have I to watch the rest of the series. I do, I do now. I'm, I'm only, I only ever got halfway through the Mickey Mouse show as well, mm. um, so I need to finish that because I got to the episode where Ursula and Bluto... Is it oh, Bluto the disco. It Pete? No, it's Pete, no, Pete by yeah. the disco. Yeah. Um, Bluto is Popeye, isn't it? Yeah, it's yes, different. <clears throat> same same character, essentially. <laughs> essentially, yeah. Um, they both wear their, that stupid, almost like pie-shaped hat. Yes, um, yeah. But yeah, that episode was great, and then I never got round to it because uh, my son went on a Feynman Sam. Oh no! Binge, which is fucking awful. But um, yeah, it's just though that 
really bad Uncanny Valley, Poor Patrol, Sam, yeah. Finding Sam, Postman Ugh. Pat, CGI <laughs> reboots. But he's obsessed with fire engines at the moment, so that meant I couldn't watch uh, Disney with him. Um, <laughs> he's, de- he's dead to me now, so it's all right. We'll have to do a Fire uh, and Sam episode. <laughs> oh, God. We'll definitely do a awful, awful kids episodes. Yes, um, yeah. Because, like... I've got a lot to say about stuff like Peppa Pig being awful and mm. things like that. I don't let my son watch that. <laughs> um, but yeah, these two episodes were so great. My favourite was the Top Cat episode. Yes. Um, yeah, that's the better of the two, I think. It's just so good. Were they um, a double bill? Yeah, yeah. They're on the, uh, yeah. like both episode four, yeah. Mm. So how many episodes are in the series? Uh, 12, I think. So that's, 24 segments. That's depressing, isn't it? Mm. It might be more. Are they doing, I don't remember. Are they doing it, the second season? I think so. Yeah, I don't think it got cancelled. But the uh, there's the Hall- Halloween special came out for Halloween, uh, but I haven't seen that one yet. So they're still working on it. It's good that um, they finally realised that cartoons can appeal to kids and adults. Now. Yes. Um, yeah. Not not sad adults that run a uh, <laughs> anima- cartoon podcast, but actual <laughs> genuine human beings uh, with people who go to work lives. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, this I I remember you saying you said like a few times to me that this show was good and I should watch it, and I I think we both have this. Uh, we both have this sort of um, syndrome where we can't watch it when someone recommends it to us. Yeah. So it's almost like... <laughs> it's a real problem. The, the clock resets. It's called stubborn arseholism. Um, and the clock resets and I have to give it a little while. And then every time someone says, oh, you should definitely watch it. That's why it took so long to watch Squid Game. It took really long to watch Midnight Mass. Mm. Um, because... I was just like, uh, everyone's watching it, so, you know... Yeah, it's like I don't trust it people. Right if everybody's <laughs> yeah. saying it's good, it must be terrible. I mean, a large part of the population voted for Brexit, so... Yeah, exactly. Um, people don't know shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I have no faith in them. Um, so, but this was genuinely uh, one of the funniest things I've seen this year. It I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, the Top Cat episode, I just... I, I tend to watch these things later on in the evening when, well, in night, at the night when my mm. wife is trying to sleep. And um, I kept waking her up uh, by laughing, which is one of her least favourite things that I do. And there are many of those. <laughs> um, uh, but, unfortunately, um, there's only one other Top Cat episode in the uh, series that I remember, which is uh, more of a scam episode mm. where they get a um, box of expired fish sticks and try to sell them to the rest of the town. And it all hell breaks loose because the fish sticks start like mutating people. It's a really good I, episode. I think that is sad in one sense because Top Cat was always one of my favourite Hanna-Barbera cartoons anyway. Mm. I just like the gang. I like the gang yeah. dynamic of it. But I'm glad they didn't just focus on one element. Yeah, that's another good thing about the show. Yeah. It's like uh, throughout the whole series, everybody gets a time to shine, really. Mm. Like there's some, some characters that I want to see more of, like Pixie and Dixie. They yeah. show up occasionally, but they don't really get much of a say in anything. And um, think... Squid, Squidly Diddly, I want to see more of her as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, if hopefully they'll do a longer se- season mm. for season two. Yeah. Um, and there'll be more chance to show some of the lesser known. And I think that's that's gives them such a blank canvas in a way. I'm not saying that Pixie and Dixie and Mr. Jinx aren't 
um, known characters, but they're not, not as, as popular not as, as well known. Yeah, no, yeah, as Huckleberry okay. Hound or Yogi uh, or Loopy de Loop has a lot to say <laughs> in this one, and like hardly anyone knows who Loopy de Loop is. No, they weren't even a TV cartoon; they were the only theatrical release. Like they used to show mm. before movies, and they only had like. 11 episodes but they've given her a proper personality now when she does things but that's good isn't it that's it is yeah like it's it's almost like you've got established characters that you can play around with yeah um but you've got these blank canvas characters that the that aren't in the cultural zeitgeisty type eye um, yeah and it doesn't matter either there's so many ways it's like i don't really know who they are but it Mm. they've made them their own thing like i don't need to know who they are even the improvements to Top Cat, um, I mean, he is just incredibly flamboyant. Mm. Um, and it's about style and substance, style over substance with him. Um, yeah. And it was really interesting to see him not just be Yogi Bear Mark Two. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the characters are sort of uh, like cultural as motives of how we assume the characters are. Mm-hmm. But they aren't really that way in their own cartoons. No, no. Uh, any man who wears a purple waistcoat and a, a hat, a pork pie yeah. hat, really <laughs> needs to really care about flash and style. Yes. Yeah, he's a stylish guy. I mean, it was the seventies, yeah. wasn't it? So. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially because um, purple hats in the seventies in America. It was like kind a of a little bit, <laughs> yeah. yeah, synonymous with pimping and stuff like yeah. that. So, um, like, you could imagine Top Cat in a feather boa, and it would <laughs> yes. complete the look with a cane, yeah. maybe. In with fact, a feather Top sticking Cat... out of his hat. Yeah, exactly. And that's where my mind goes with that. But thankfully, they didn't go that sort of route with him. They've just made him very, very flamboyant. Yeah, he's um, very charismatic now. Yeah. Far more, he was charismatic in a different sort of caddish way mm. in the original, and I think he's flamboyant in a very sort of out there, expressive, extrovert way, which yes. is a much more agreeable. He's not. It doesn't feel like he's trying to manipulate the other members of the gang into doing things or yeah. Like I said, he's like he's part of the gang now. Mm. He's not just yeah. their leader. Mm. He might have. He might be the ideas man, but mm. he goes to a, a central vote. Rather than rather than just tells them what to do. Um, which wasn't, you know, I wouldn't say out of all the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, that's probably not the most um, inappropriate thing. Yeah, it, yeah. But, you know, and Top Cat was always... And that's probably why Top Cat is probably one of our favourites from that era as well, because it wasn't, it wasn't offensive in a yeah, lot of ways, yeah, as yeah. opposed to some of the other cartoons of the era. But they've just even improved this... There were some points in original Top Cat with involving fancy, where he was like yeah. he was a ladies' man, and that yeah. a lot of that hasn't aged very well at all. No, no. But now <laughs> he's a mop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed these episodes. I think That's good. they're great, um, and I I'm definitely going to watch some more um, when you know now I can watch them quote unquote legitimately mm. I'm not watching them legitimately um <laughs> but they don't uh, I, I don't I, I don't even if i've got them on dvd I, or blu-ray i don't watch cartoons legitimately i watch yeah, them same. in bed on yeah. the ipad at night <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh 
yeah, I um, especially because some cartoons, like the ones we one we will talk about next, um, aren't available on Blu-ray and aren't widely released, which is really mm. really irritating. Yeah, um, I had a look in HMV the other day to see if I could find any. <clears throat> it's not even like a like a you know where they put four random episodes on a disc. Yeah, there's nothing. Couldn't find a yeah. single thing. No, I think it's only getting worse as well with like the com- competition of streaming sites. Um, yeah. Because as much as it, as much as people are fine with having streaming sites, I think there is an element of um, if that service is down and you're still paying for it, or if there's problems, or if you can't view it in the same format, or there's been, um, for example, stuff like when Looney Tunes is heavily edited or something yep. like that. I still think you should be able to see it in its original content. Yeah, I do. Even though some of that content is offensive, because I feel like erasing the terrible from history doesn't really do anything understanding why it exists and explaining that it shouldn't um like the Whoopi goldberg intros yeah yeah the uh loon she's golden collection intros Mm. that's what they need to do more than just sweep it under the rug Mm. because then that's just Um, saying we've made no mistakes we've not done anything wrong prove it you can't find anything yeah there is a really culturally insensitive episode well there's i mean there's a million of them but it's a really specific culturally insensitive episode of tom and jerry the thanksgiving mm. episode yes where tom <laughs> is dressed as a native american um and is portrayed as evil um and they have a war over the dining table um yeah. and jerry and i can never remember if he's sometimes he's called nibbles sometimes he's called mm. duffy um but the, the little yeah i know the little gray um yeah the baby mouse. mouse the baby mouse um are dressed as pilgrims and they're oh, seen as God. heroes and it is very very culturally inappropriate yeah. however because of the edits that have been made the cartoon is three minutes long as opposed to <laughs> seven minutes long um there's a bit where they fire why, a why candle bother? why bother yeah exactly <laughs> Um, there's a bit where Jerry and Nibbles fire a candle over the table and it lands on Tom's tail and he goes up in flames and they have removed that from the episode. Um, and in the same episode, there's one, there's a moment where Tom nearly gets stabbed to death and that <laughs> is in it. And I just, I don't understand what the the difference is. If, if, if one thing is bad, yeah. I kind of feel like we should say it's bad. It exists. Um, because quite frankly, even if it was on the collection, I'd kind of only watch it as an oddity now, mm. not in a sort yeah. of en- to be entertained way. I think if um, it was a collection that is aimed directly at kids, yes, just don't bother putting the episode up, yes, or do it as a sort of slideshow, like explaining what was wrong with it and showing images rather than the actual yeah. entire episode. Like yeah, put more work into intro. it to explain why it was bad yeah. instead of just um, removing it all. There's a lot of um, episodes of Tom and Jerry where Tom is covered in coal and it's it's a black uh, and it's a blackface uh, situation that goes on. I think they are far more damaging um, than showing a cartoon cat going up in flames. Yeah. Um, But even then, those episodes are still shown and are part of history Mm. and uh, animation history. You have to have like the cultural explanation for why they thought it was okay to put them in the show. Like, mm. I don't think anybody would watch that now and think, oh, that was, it must be alright for me to do this sort of thing then. Yes. Well, you'd hope not. 
Well, you um, yeah. <laughs> hope not. There probably still is some idiots that think that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, and you know, it goes without saying that both of us are white. Yes. Um, and, you know, this is our opinion on that, which might differ from any other people listening. And I think our privilege is maybe showing a bit here. But I genuinely think that erasing history means, especially history in this element, means that you kind of... Mm. A, a bit doomed to make the same mistakes sometimes. Yeah. But I also, think... as a clarification, tearing down conservative uh, Confederate statues, <laughs> that is it's... not erasing history. <laughs> because no, they put no. those up in like the 70s. They can yeah, go. Exactly. <laughs> they can go. Um, and not displaying the Confederate flag, for example. Yeah, yeah, that can go. That... Yeah. Yes. I mean... If you do that, stop listening, go away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't like but, it. And even then, I think people are getting so bent out of shape about that because they think that these statues are being destroyed. They're not. They're being relocated to museums in most places and having plaques attached to them saying, this is the vilified Confederate leader, blah, 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 blah. Um, Or they should do like we did to the um, statue of that slavery in Bristol where they just uh, threw it into the lake. (laughs) Yeah, into the river. Um, (laughs) But even then, that wasn't that... Um, yeah, they fished it out again and fished put it somewhere it out else. Yeah. and put it into a museum. Yeah, um, I think explaining the historical context is much more uh, suitable mm. because I think actually kids kids watching it don't realise why they these things have been deleted and then might go and watch them and not have that context provided on a, on something like YouTube, which yeah. is even worse because it's totally unfiltered. And Let's now try and they've, explain um, them. They've removed the dislike button from YouTube, so you can't even tell if something is true information or not from yes. audience perception, which is really fantastic. Yeah. Well, I, I assume that so that they can YouTube can put up really bad promotional videos with Will Smith in them and not have uh, yeah, probably. instant yeah. backlash. Yeah. Um, it is, I think it, it does stem from the... Um, most disliked video in history being one of their own videos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this show isn't that. Yeah, this that's which is, is a good thing. <laughs> this show, I, and I don't think at times Hanna-Barbera has been as bad as some of the things that have been taking place in cartoons like Tom and Jerry and things like that. Um, but still, those cartoons exist. They have a historical context, but Jellystone has then come around with something that is miles better and is more oh, better is subjective, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. But more appropriate to the time we live in. Something that yeah. I would be comfortable showing it's my like son. Um, they did a really good job at uh, modernising El Cabong as well. You know, Quick Draw mm. McGraw's um, yeah. alter ego. Because Quick Draw McGraw, that's another one which has a lot of questionable moments. Yeah. It being a Western. But they've made it that, that Quick Draw McGraw doesn't exist in Jellystone anymore. He's only Elkabong. Yeah. Which is, a, I think it's a much better way of doing it. It's a shame they didn't have a, um, they didn't have a fancy dress episode or something like that. To <laughs> yeah. Sort of like show him in a cowboy hat just so you kind of got that. Oh, okay, right, fine, you're going with that. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's kind of why I feel like Jellystone is almost like. The tunes on downtime. It mm, feels like yeah, that. Yeah. It feels like they're acting in the Hanna Barbera original stuff. Um, <laughs> bec- I think that's because of the laugh tracks. Mm, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, la- the if there was a laugh track in this, it would be terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, 
<laughs> I don't. I'm not opposed to laugh tracks in 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 general. I'm uh, opposed to them. Certain... Uh, I'm opposed to them if the show isn't developed around there being a laugh track. Like if it's like yes, if they're just putting one in and they filmed it normally and it's not in front mm. of an audience or anything and there's no pausing for the laughter, that's crap. Like, don't yes. do that. But yeah. when it's being developed around the laugh track, that's fine. Because yeah. there's that one season of Red Dwarf where it's really obvious they filmed it with an audience, but then removed all the laughter. Yeah. It's like season five, and it's so, so awkward. It's five or six, isn't it? No, it's the first one with Kachansky instead of yes. Grimmer, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. That's f- that might be seven. Yeah, it's a, it's a later one. Yeah. But it's very it's awkward. I could never get through the... it all the way. No. Um, it, it's really, really awkward. Um, yeah, I think laugh tracks lend themselves to studio audience. In uh, the thing being filmed in front of a live studio audience, like Friends, like mm. Seinfeld, yeah. those sorts of things, because it almost feels like the laughter is part of the show. Yeah, yeah. when it's than... like recorded canned laughter, that's weird. Yeah. Because that's what they did with Red Dwarf for a little while. They added yeah. laughter after, and it just laughter kind of after. like laughter after, um, and it doesn't feel right at all. Yeah. No, it just feels it feels separate and hence wrong. I find it creepy that um, a lot of the laugh tracks from shows in like the seventies and eighties were recorded in the fifties, so yeah, most of those insane. people were dead <laughs> from lead poisoning and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The laughs of ghosts. Yeah, it's so strange. Um, but uh, we've been talking about jelly so for nearly an hour now. So oh, nice. let's take a quick break. <laughs> yeah, let's take a, let's take a quick break, uh, and we'll be back. And I'll start to tell you about another reboot that's excellent. No, okay, no, okay. no prejudgment, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, make your own decisions. Yeah, or don't. Time to turtle up, Tiger Claw, and evil mutants. It's ninja action time. Turtles, get ready. Leo springs into sidewind and knockout action. Mikey spinning 360, hot nunchuck fury wipes him out. Front flip and wrap takes him down. A little ninja action goes a long, long way. Yeah! I hate turtle power. Ninja action turtles and figures each sold separately. Hi everyone, welcome back. Uh, we talked in the f- uh, first part about uh, one of our favourite reboots and remaster uh, cartoons. Yes, yeah, cartoon podcast. Yeah, so that's that what makes called, sense, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Toonies, the old moving, pictures. the old moving comics, <laughs> moving drawings. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to talk my pick now, um, and again, it's another one that I think we've both got uh, fond feelings for the original, but. It has its problems. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's a particularly offensive show. Apart from some of the writing is absolutely dire. Um, yeah, some of the uh, the animation isn't the best. Yeah, yeah. Lots of uh, <laughs> lots of mistakes going on. Lots of color palette swaps. Lots yeah. of eyes in the wrong place. Those sorts of things. Normal normal animation stuff in the eighties uh, and nineties. Um, so I'm going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, and I'm going to talk about. Um, sorry, yeah, it used to be called here Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because apparently... <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> well, apparently having a culture based on imperialism and racism is fine, but saying the word ninja yeah. isn't. Um, <laughs> anywho, um, so I was going to start... 
I know there's been a few reboots of. Oh yeah, uh, this show is like in the, the daddy of reboots. Yeah, but I'm specifically going to talk about the 2000 and I think it's 2012 yep. Nickelodeon uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and how it just basically is the blueprint for everything Turtles going forward. Um, but also is a real homage to the 1990... Um, wasn't it? No, 1987, uh, Teenage yep. Mutant Ninja Turtles. 1990 was something completely different. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm going to do a, a little bit of a potted history. How much do you know about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Spiv? Uh, most of it. Like, I'm quite Excellent. up to date with my Turtles lore and the, how it was made and stuff. Yeah. Did you watch the... Um, uh, cartoons or toys that made us episode on the uh if that was one of the early seasons then yes it was yeah yeah then Um, yeah so because it dealt with um what was it or was there an actual another documentary about the turtles anyway there's a documentary or toys that made us about turtles and it talks about uh kevin eastman and peter laird um, mm-hmm. Who were anyone who doesn't know uh, were the original creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, they set up a studio uh, called Mirage Comics in about 1983, 84, um, and the Turtles was conceived as a joke, um, patching ele- elements of superhero tropes at the time. Um, so, like you know, giant muscles and weapons and lots of patches and belts and yeah. arm braces and those sorts of things stupid rob liefeld-esque stuff like it's um, mostly um daredevil pastiches daredevil and frank miller's ronin yeah because um, they were heavily influenced by that and i think that the the story goes that they passed a uh picture back and forth and started adding stuff to this yes drawing. yeah i've heard this um, yeah. and they were you know, good friends, lived together for a little while, set up this studio, released this comic, and things just went absolutely batshit crazy and bananas. And, like, they were... It was sold out. It had to be reprinted. The reprint sold out. It went to a third printing. <laughs> it was just one of the most popular... It, I think it was, the at the time, the most popular independent comic of all time. Um, so, as what happens with every property, it became a toy... Um, and then it became an animated series in 1987, um, straying a little bit away from the original um, intention of the series and becoming mm. more suitable for kids because it was about ninjas. Um, there was a lot of violence in the original comic, a lot of swearing. Um, the original comic is great. It still it stands is, yeah. up today. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Um but an animated series was launched in 1987 uh, because there was a toy out, so they wanted to promote the toy in a cartoon, as they did with He-Man and Transformers and stuff like that. Um, the anim- original animated series ran for nine years. Yeah, which have is... you seen? I don't think many people have seen it. Like the later seasons, I've seen a like... few episodes, and it is yeah. batshit crazy and terrible. Yeah, it's like they went really. It went very nineties in the later yeah. seasons. Like they call them like the dark sky seasons. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's just so weird, and but I find it insane that it went for nearly a decade. Yeah, but um, Turtles was um, it. It was a mishmash of horror, sci-fi, action, comedy. Um, it had a a lot 
of horror references in it. Yes. Um, which yeah. I always found really great because I always loved horror as a kid, and I know you so, did too. Yeah. There, it's um, uh, this and um, uh, God, what was it called? Angry Beavers used to do yeah. loads of references to like old kaiju films and B movies. Yeah. B movies. Yeah. Um, sci-fi B movies and horror B movies like the Blob and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And there's an episode of the original TMNT where um, little alien eggs are on pizzas masquerading as meatballs. And it's a clear um, alien uh, reference because they look Geiger-esque, the things that come out, although they're bright yellow. Um, So (laughs) it was basically a phenomenon. And then the films came out in the 90s. Eastman sold his share to Laird in about 2000 because they had a massive falling out. And then there was a couple of reboots that were popular but not as popular. Mm. And then they they decided to... um, Laird decided to okay and greenlight a computer-animated TMNT film, which was supposed to be a fourth uh, instalment of the movie history uh, timeline. And it was wildly popular. It made about $100 million dollars. Um, considering it didn't take that much to make. Um, Then Laird sold the franchise to Nickelodeon in 2009 for about $60 million, which (laughs) at that point he was already a multi-multi-millionaire and just sold the rights completely. Um, Nickelodeon made... uh, Basically, they uh, branched out and let IDW produce a comic um, and at the same time produced their own... A computer animated series that uh, sat almost between the original animated series and the new more adult themed comic that was coming out at the time mm. um and it ran for five seasons and in my opinion is the epitome of what makes turtles such an endearing franchise it's um so we watched the pilot episode because i think it might. We've already done a pilots episode. Um, episode, and um, I just think this one sets up things so succinctly. Yes. With yes. so uh, many it's... nods to lots of things. Uh, you know when you used to get like a, it would say it was like a made-for-TV movie of a cartoon, yep. but it was yep. just the pilot episodes. Yep. That's what this felt like. Like they could yep. have packaged this as its own thing, and it would have stood perfectly fine on its own. It's got, it is another one, we talked about this with Jellystone, but it enhances everything that made the original great. Mm. It improves <clears> on <throat> everything. The The theme tune's better and more... I, I wasn't mm. a fan of the rap. So, but... That was very 2012, I thought. So, but I, again, <laughs> it is 2012. And that yeah. I, if you view it with that lens... I think the theme tune is better. If you view it now, it's yes, not as yeah. good. Um, but it does away with um, some of the more hokier elements that have sometimes been portrayed in other um, iterations of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Splinter isn't a pet rat. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a human now. He was a human who owned turtles, um, who for some reason has this feudal Japan style feud with. Um, yeah, that, that with was weird. Hiroko Saki <laughs> yeah. um, told in told in comic style flashbacks, which are really yeah, appreciated. Cool. Yeah. Um, they make Casey Jones and April 
high schoolers so that mm. they are teenagers as well so they can be the turtles friends without being creepy yeah um the personalities of the characters are dialed up to 11 um they're really really good characters they look different they're not just pat color swaps um, yeah they look different but not overly different you know like with the new with the rise of the one yeah like with rise of the tmnt where they're all completely different characters mm. like they look like different species yeah these they're different shades of green as well yes which i yeah. find quite pleasing in terms they did of that the, in the comic as well didn't they they did um yeah so uh, the IDW comic is one of my other favourite... These are my two favourite interpretations of the Turtles. The IDW comic leans more into the mysticism of it. So the Turtles and Splinter, whose name is Hamato Yoshi, they are they are reincarnations of mm. Hamato Yoshi and his sons from feudal Japan who were executed by Saki the Shredder. Um, and it's very dark. Um, yes, and... yeah. I got about ten issues in, but I was reading them on my phone, which isn't the best way to read no, a comic. No, no. no. <laughs> um, uh, but there's lots of really great stuff in the IDW comic. I won't spoil it for anyone because I think everyone should read it. Um, but this series does such great things in sort of bringing together the 1987 series and the comics, the Krang are amazing in this they're like the borg mm, um yeah they're like a hive uh they're like a hive mind essentially where they have um krang prime who's voiced by roseanne barr in the cartoon um <laughs> which is really weird um but they're 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 funny as well the krang but in a really sinister way they don't really mm. understand punctuation and grammar and tenses and things like that they reminded me of. Uh, I don't, have you played Psychonauts? Yes. Um, the Milkmen, the yeah. um, the spies in the um, Milkmen conspiracy. Yeah, it's they're they very, remind me a lot of that. They're very um, G-men. Yes. Um, yeah. Infiltration alien trope, um, where you know anyone could be a alien, but it's actually the people who are potentially the G-men. Um, <sighs> There was always a problem with the 1987 comic in uh, cartoon in that it was just a bit too formulaic and trope. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Um, well, I mean, Saturday morning cartoons. They had to make yeah. it so that it could be played whenever. Like they didn't have yeah. to show episodes in order, so that ruins any kind of plot structure. Yeah, and I think that they moved away from it with this series. It's an ongoing story um, that has five definitive seasons that end in a you know a definitive way each season is its own sort of microcosm story that feeds into a sort of larger tmnt world mm. um i really like the voice acting in this as well you've got... yeah i was watching it like pointing at the screen saying i recognize that voice yep. it's pinky you... yeah exactly. <laughs> that, that's sean astin <laughs> um sean astin as Raphael is so good he's um, great he's so good uh, Jason Biggs was good as Leonardo and he eventually left and then was replaced by um, Seth Green who's also really really good mm. um, you've got Mae Whitman as April um, you've got Roseanne Barr Nolan North is the, who's like a really famous oh yeah um, yeah he's in everything video game actor um, uh, Desmond from Assassin's Creed <laughs> yeah 
he is um, the Krang. You've got Phil Lamar, because of course you've got Phil Lamar. Yeah, he's um, in everything. Kelly Hugh plays... Um, I'm not going to spoil it. Um, plays... Uh, <laughs> A character. Karai, yeah, who is who works for the Foot Clan. Um, it's just great. Everything about it is so good. You've got all the... Um, the same sci-fi tropes and one of the things that I really love about um, this series is that it, there are weeks when it is monster of the week mm. but they make it so that um, it's really self-referential and Michelangelo will point out um, that it is like oh it's a new week it's a new monster and give that yeah. monster a name and he always names the new um, characters that come into the show it's really really fun um, I like that um, bit of self-referential humour in this episode where Snake turns into that um, plant monster and Michelangelo doesn't understand why he's not turned into a snake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good um, so I'll do a bit of a plot rundown it's, it's basically the plot of any Turtles pilot mm. you've ever seen um, although with some slight differences. So the turtles have already been established. They live in the sewers with their master Splinter, who's their sensei and pseudo father. Um, and basically they want to be free of the sewers. They're 15. Um, I don't know why they're all 15 at the same... Oh, I suppose because turtles. They might have been newborn turtles, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Leo is the traditional leader character Raphael is the hothead donatello is the genius and michelangelo is the youngster um i, I don't want to say he's the party dude because um, that's <laughs> and not donatello really knows machines <laughs> <laughs> but um michelangelo is the youngster the sort of um positive enthusiastic impetuous one and um they are allowed to go out to the surface but get embroiled in a kidnapping scheme that they notice and uh, the Krang kidnap April O'Neill and her father, uh, I can't remember, Kirby, Kirby O'Neill, um, and they have to basically get them, free them. Um, yeah, and that is basically it. There's a small Shredder cameo at the end mm. and... Shredder is almost scary in this show. Yeah, he looks uh, intimidating. Yeah. Um, But you get a brief potted uh, uh, flashback about how the turtles were subjected to mutagen and so was um, Hamato Yoshi and he became Splinter. Um, And yeah, and that's basically it. But it's really great. It's a real sci-fi entrance focusing on the krang rather than shredder yeah such a really great way to make it seem fresh um the krang are totally different um in this than they were in yes yeah uh the 1987 series and it takes a really long time for rocksteady and bebop to come into it Um, oh they they as well yeah, That's much cool. later. They're in like uh, the sec- end of the second or beginning of the third season. Um, but they have uh, Clancy Brown plays a character who uh, is called Dog Pound. Um, <laughs> he's really good. And Snakeweed stays in it. And it's more focused, the first couple of seasons are more focused on um, the f- feud, this almost like three way feud between the foot 
Krang and uh, the turtles, and then the mm. mutanimals come into it, which are other mutated animals as well. I it's, really, um, really... Uh, uh, Toka and Razor in it. So yes, eventually they because, are. Yeah, uh, <laughs> slashes in it, Leatherhead's in it. Um, yeah, isn't Leatherhead it... like their friend in this one? So, kind of. I don't want okay. to spoil it. Um, yeah. He's in the comic as well. The comic and the this series are so interlinked, and they influenced each other. And it's almost like they created one the animated se- series for kids and you know grown-ups who still think of themselves as kids and then mm-hmm. the comic is a bit more adult it lends itself to the more mysticism elements of ninjaism and um uh feudal japan and um krang in that is like a, a genocidal warlord yeah yeah um and both of them sit so well together and um this sort of template did inform for better or worse the Michael Bay films. Now, I don't love the Michael Bay films, but I think I, the best I've never element... seen them. Oh, so the best element of the Michael Bay films are the four central turtles. They are yeah. so great. Um, what, Leo is voiced by Johnny Knoxville, and he does a really great job. Like a, oh, just I, a I didn't know he'd been in anything in years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the turtles, apart from the fact that they've got weird nostrils, which makes them look slightly weird, are yeah. the best part of that film. And they're like... They are bickering brothers, and it's really great. The film is really badly put together. It was like written and then rewritten, and then mm. had some post shoots so that it could um, be edited in a different way. Um, because um, William Fincher is that his name? Oh no! I, uh, he was in <laughs> like Prison Break, and he was the bank manager in the uh, start of the Dark Knight film. William Fickner, something like that. Um, anyway, no, I've got no idea. Okay, so <laughs> William um, Fingers, <laughs> Willi- Billy Fingers uh, yep. plays um, a scientist who's been um, experimenting with mutagen. And he was originally supposed to be um, turned into Shredder. Oh, and I thought they... you were going to say Baxter Stock. No. Oh. Um, so uh, and then they showed it to a test audience, and the test audience were like, "Well, you've got no." dynamic between this scientist who becomes Shredder and Splinter and you've lost one of the main yeah, dynamics that's, here. That's the whole thing. Exactly. It's, the, it's all about the revenge over generations. Um, yeah. And uh, essentially they they reshot some of the scenes to put a enigmatic Japanese man behind oh, God. Billy Fingers. Oh, um, that's terrible. And it was, was he just like hanging out? <laughs> yeah, essentially. And they filmed some extra scenes that don't make any real sort of sense or have any sort of impact on the on the film. And then they fight Shredder <laughs> at the end. Um, oh. um, would you say uh, the Michael Bay films better or worse than Next Mutation? Oh, better than Next Mutation, but not as good as the original. Okay. The original 1990 <laughs> film... Better was... or worse than the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Power Rangers crossover? No, much better than that, because that was... <laughs> I hated that. Um, um, much... What else is there? Better the... or worse than the live show? Oh, is that the Co- one The coming Venus out of their shell tour. Oh. No, the coming out of their shell tour. The one where they're all rock stars? Uh, yeah. Better. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so not too bad then. 
My ranking of sh- of product would probably be the IDW comic, this show, um, then the 1990 original film, then the 1987 animated series, um, then the... There was another one, wasn't there? There was a, a four kids season in two thousand. Yeah, two thousand and yeah, in the early two thousands. Yeah, and that was okay. It just wasn't as good as either the nineteen eighty seven version or this one. But I think I think that one came out too soon after the old one ended. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think people were on like a bit turtle fatigue. This one is just—it's got a really nice style to it that I really like. It's almost like I don't—I hate memes. But it's almost like pre-meme humour. Like, you end up with the sort of, like, cutaway Michelangelo mm. stink lines cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did like the, uh, the comic booky stuff that happens. Yeah. Where it'd be, like, you know, the, like, the lines on their faces and stuff. Yeah. I like that kind of thing. The, um, the first, like, four episodes are generally considered to be the worst four episodes. Um, so it get really good, then. It really does. There is a episode at the end of, I think, the second season where the Krang completely invades New York with the Technodrome and Leo has to fight the whole of the Foot Clan by himself. <laughs> and it is phenomenal. It's so great. Um, I, do, I enjoy things like that. I enjoy borrowed... when they're like, overpowered. And yeah, he has absolutely no chance. And it's almost like... Um, did you ever read Nightfall, the Batman comic, where Bane... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Bane releases all the villains to wear Batman down and then fights him. And it's the same sort of thing. Shredder makes him fight all the Foot Clan and then easily defeats him. Um, and he nearly dies. Um, and it influenced um, the City Fall storyline in uh, the IDW comic where um, Shredder weakens... Leonardo to the point where he brainwashes him to become a foot soldier Um, and that's really really great Um, I would if you were consuming both I would leave it a little while between watching them because some of it is very very similar Um, but if you could only pick one I'd probably recommend the comic although Mm. the cartoon is phenomenally good Um, is the comic still is it still going or is it ended think it's still going but i think they're doing a few mini series they're doing one called um the last ronin which is set like 20 years in the future and there's only one teenage mutant ninja turtle left oh um, i like things like that yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> focus, and you see how all the other turtles and all their allies died or went off and stuff like that it's really great so far um, they're doing a um uh you jimbo cartoon yep. aren't they yeah is that the same are the same people involved in doing this that have been like working on the comics? I don't know. No. I don't know. But um, they go to... They do a Yusagi Yojimbo story in both the comic and the new... Uh, in that cartoon. Ah, oh, cool. Um, the, and it's... They hit all the main Turtles beats. So you've got Shredder. You've got um, the Invasion of New York by the Krang. You've got... Um, Korai and all the story about her, which I can't go into spoilers because I don't feel it's fair because I'm recommending it to people and I want you to read it as well um, <laughs> and watch it. They go into space at some point. They come back. Uh, the Foot Clan has been taken over. It's just, it, it's insane. 
it's a really great story and they end with um as all turtles shows seem to uh, in the last season there is a crossover with turtles from the original series oh they always do that yeah they always do that and yeah. it's always great <laughs> yeah. um i there is something to me really really endearing about this franchise and how long mm. it has stood for were you big into it when you were a kid yeah, I was massive into it. Um, oh, yeah. So 1987, I was five years old, four years old, five years old. So I was exactly the right sort of yeah, um, yeah. age coming into TMNT. I had toys. I had the blimp. Um, I you know, convinced my dad to take me to the cinema to see the film, which he really didn't want to <laughs> do and hated. Um, How could yeah. you hate that movie? <laughs> I think that movie is great. I really do. He swears in it. It's so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think any film with Jim Henson animatronics in it mm. instantly has a bit of a, like, two more extra points on my scale for me. Um, but I loved the original, and I thought it was so close to the comic, the original Eastman and Laird comic, which I also love. Um, I, even when there is a shit version of Turtles, I kind of still love it. Yeah, I, yeah, it's one I of those kinds of shows. I can watch the Michael Bay films and completely disassociate with all other versions of the Turtles and think, this is just a different version. And I actually yeah. think the sequel's relatively good as well. You get like stuff with the Technodrome and Krang. Um, I think it's unfortunate that Michael Bay had a hand in it because I think it would have been much, much better product if it hadn't mm. have been. Um, and I also don't think Megan Fox is a particularly good April O'Neil but I think that's partially because of the way she is directed and written sometimes yeah, to be yeah. eye Especially candy. with the way um, way Michael Bay treated her on set. Yeah, exactly. Like I can't I can't really blame her for not giving her her best on no. that. No, and I you know completely understand that why she has completely turned her back on most acting. Um, yeah. It's like um, Alicia Dushku with um, all the stuff that happened in True Lies as well, and then mm. all of a sudden, and that, the way she was treated by Joss Whedon and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it, she's not great in it, but I completely understand why. But I yeah. think they're solid. I I don't really hate movies anymore unless they're really abysmal and exploitative. But I'd give the Turtles films a a solid 7 out of 10 and it'd oh. be kind of like oh these are enjoyable films it was like last night when we were talking about um, Suicide Squad sorry things do yeah. happen behind the <laughs> behind the veil of two pounds we do um, talk outside of talk this room <laughs> um, but you know it's when I genuinely have low expectations for films now I don't get hyped so when something comes along and it entertains me as long mm. as a film doesn't it's bore probably me, the best way to be isn't it I'm happy with it. Yeah. Um, and those Michael Bay films are entertaining, if not groundbreaking. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is this show is genuinely my favourite animated Turtles interpretation. Um, I feel it's got like the sci-fi elements. It's got, there's so many horror elements to it. Um, another thing that I really want to mention is Mike uh, Leonardo watches a... Uh, animated star trek oh he did parody. star trek yeah <laughs> um and he is a big fan of it because he's a massive nerd in the in the cartoon um they all have 
other elements to their personality that they've never had before. Raphael has a pet turtle that he really cares for and is really doesn't want the, the other brothers to see that he's care he cares for them. Yeah. Um Michelangelo is a really big not just foodie in terms of pizza, but he likes comic books and he's a big foodie and he at some point gets a pet of his own and I won't spoil that because it's really really funny. Um, <laughs> Raphael is um, he makes technology out of old tech so you see him with a scanner that is made from a Game Boy but um, he also he's the one that has a crush on April um, mm. in this one rather than Mikey um, it's really good um, Splinter isn't just a sensei he's their dad I really liked that in in this episode where they're deciding who's going to be the leader and they're all like debating over why it would be Leonardo, and it's just because he asked first. Yeah, which is such a dad thing. Yeah, he wanted to see <laughs> if he could prove himself. Yeah, um, and then he has that thing where Leo says to him at the end, "So you're telling me it could have been anyone, even Michelangelo?" And he's like, "No, not Michelangelo." <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of really fun elements to it. Um, it's just you you get the horror elements there's a few episodes that are like oh there's something lurking in the sewers with them and stuff like that mm-hmm. and the rat king is oh um the rat king is voiced by jeffrey coombs oh cool yeah i like it when he shows like, up in things he's really great he um can mind control splinter and he's phenomenal in it he's really great um but there's lots of like little uh nods to asian cinema like Kung Fu ex- exploitation films of the time when you know Turtles was first being thought of by Eastman and Laird. There's lots of sci-fi tropes. There's lots of comedy. It's really entertaining. There's really good action scenes in it. It's really well choreographed for an animated show. Um, yeah, I love it. I it instantly um, my test for if I do actually love it is if I watch it for Toon Hounds and then want to keep watching it. Yeah, um, yeah. Gravedale High, <laughs> no. Turtles, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoy this. As somebody who's like, I, I mean, I was into the turtles, like I knew about it, but mm. I was kind of past too... turtle fever. Yeah, because yeah. I was born yeah. in ninety one. Yeah. So, like, I remember watching old episodes, but the episodes I watched were like the early ones before it went weird. So mm. I didn't watch then current episodes. So I was yeah. like. Like, I knew where what the good episodes were. Like, I remember watching the Alien episode. Yeah. When I was, uh, like, six. Attack of the Killer Pizzas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember watching them, but I was never really, like, into the turtles. Like, I never had any of the toys or anything. No. You probably played the games, though. Um, I don't think I did. I think I played it when I was older, because um, AVGN did that Turtles episode. Yeah. And that came out when I was, like, 13. So I think I played it then. Right. That game is not very good no it's not <laughs> well it's not very good interpretation of turtles it's not a great game um no. but like turtles <laughs> in time and um shredder's revenge is coming out soon isn't it so uh yeah uh, that looks really good that looks yeah. great um i love those i never got of... to play the good turtles games because i never had a super nintendo although you can emulate them now i do uh, yeah <laughs> often um but turtles in time was great i used to love that um and mm. i'm looking forward to shredder's revenge I'm as um, well. It looks really cool. It does look great. Um, I even liked the... Um, did I like it? No, I like the Transformers. Uh, Chris, what are they called? The company that did the really comic-y 
was it it wasn't crystal dynamics was it that's no idea no gex i think um anyway doesn't matter um but like they were just such a phenomenon um mm, and they yeah. tapped right into the age i was i think um and my dad was a big cartoony fan as well cartoony fan cartoon fan as well um, <laughs> he was very cartoony <laughs> yeah, he was animated my father um so, big eyes <laughs> Um, but it tapped into what I was really interested in at the time. Sci-fi, horror, and there have always been. Um, and Turtles always comes around at a time when, um, like, it's the right time to reboot it. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. And enough time had passed in my interest in Turtles that when I saw the Nick show, I was like, oh my God, I remember loving the Turtles. Maybe I'll give this a try. <laughs> and absolutely loved it again. And it was just enough of the old series to keep me um, interested until they established their own law. Um, yeah. It's just it's just fun. It's a fun show. Um, yes. Not in I the really same... like the fight scenes. Like yeah. the, um, the, it's how quick it is as well. Yeah. It's... Um, I just... I think my favourite thing about the show is that is again I'll say it that they all have their own personalities. They're not just colours. They're not. Yeah. The, I'm the red turtle. I'm the blue turtle. Um, and it's not. Yeah, because even... it used to be a thing to remember the names of the turtles and what colour their bandanas were. Yeah. What colours were you, weapons? You, yeah, you could. But now you can just you know who they are from the personality, which yeah. is it's a much better way of doing a character. Yeah, and they. I like the interpretations where they feel like brothers and they feel like families and they have yeah. the same sort of um, familial dynamic, uh, the the infighting and the jealousy and stuff like that, and they resolve it and they're better brothers at the end of it. It's really nice. It's a nice show to watch, um, and it doesn't. It's not creepy anymore because you've got April O'Neil and Casey Jones being the same sort of age as them. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which you do have in the IDW comic as well, um, mm, but yeah, Casey they're college come... aged, aren't they? Like, yeah, they're meant and to be Casey... like seventeen year olds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and Casey comes into the comic as a result of an abusive household and stuff like mm. that, um, and lives with the turtles for a bit, and that's really really good as well. It's a really good way to bring him in. Um, yeah, I just I really like it. It's a show that I would recommend. I'd give it nine shells out of ten. <laughs> Nine shells. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, this week, you know, we usually do our one star reviews. Yeah. One star reviews for reboots are written by the biggest piss babies this side of wherever. Okay. So we're not going to do one this time because I don't <laughs> want to give these shitty people who go, but they ruined my favourite show from when I was four. <laughs> like, just grow up and watch something else, you little bitch. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I've said this to you probably a hundred times before, but um, I don't get that if there is a show in a franchise that you love, um, I don't get why you think that every not you personally, Spiffy. I don't get I don't why you think <laughs> that everything has to be the same as that. Oh, I so, hate that. It's so annoying. Like, the whole point of doing like a redoing of a show is to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Like, why do the same thing again? Everybody's also, seen it already. But it's that argument of this ruined my childhood. So yeah. I'm not... How? <laughs> I'm not the hugest fan of the um, 
J.J. Abrams Star Wars films. I think that apart from the middle one, I quite like some of the elements in it, which is divisive in and of itself. Um, but I don't love them. But it doesn't impact on my enjoyment of a new no, Pope, why, why Empire and Return it? of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't it doesn't make any difference. And I can no. I can and you all can pretend they don't exist if you don't like them. Yes. Just yeah. pretend it's, they it's don't. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. It's called <laughs> if you don't not like having something. to watch it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't understand why people get so angry about it and so vitriolic and they send like death threats to people involved in the production and they just yeah. cry about it. It's like yeah. just do something else. Go outside. Yeah. yeah. Find a new show. There's plenty out you're, there. You're 35 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, there are things that are tied to my personality. Things, shows I love, like Star Trek, cartoons, horror, um, sci-fi, uh, you know, like, uh, the, the things that we talk about on this show are tied to my personality. But I would still exist if I couldn't mm, consume yeah. those things. Yes, <laughs> it's a it's a strange phenomenon. <laughs> and like sometimes I think our memories of things and the situation in which we were in colours our view. I don't think it. I know yeah. it. It colours yeah, our yeah. view. Um, like there are shows I watched when you know I was a kid going through some tough times, or when I was ill, or when um, you know when think times were tough. And they mean a lot to me. But they're not. Mm. If someone changes them, it doesn't change the impact of the message. No, yeah. It's like, I... This is quite a recent one, but when I was younger, I loved the show Heroes. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited for the reboot that was coming out. And the reboot was awful. Mm -hmm. But then it made me go back and watch some of the episodes of the original series. And I realised that was still awful. (laughs) Like, it wasn't good. But But, I just liked it because I was, like, 14 when it came out. But also, you can watch it... You're mature enough... I want to pick you up here. You're mature enough that you can watch it with the lens of, actually, this is garbage, but I really liked it, and I probably still do to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, So I watched every season of Once Upon a Time. Yeah. That show is unwatchable past the third season. I still watched every episode and enjoyed them all, so... I don't my, know what that says about me. My big one is Transformers the Animated uh, Movie. I know that that film has problems. I know that it is a little bit garbagey. I know that people hate it. So there are certain people who hate it and it's ruined Transformers for them. I freaking love that film. I will yeah. defend it to the hill. It means so much to me. Um, it's one of those films, I don't know if I've probably said this on the podcast before, but I watch it when Rachel goes out of town because um, oh, yeah. I know she's not going to enjoy it, and I don't want her ruining my enjoyment of it. <laughs> yeah, that movie for me is Joe's Apartment, <laughs> yeah. which is about singing cockroaches. Yeah. Everybody I have shown this movie to and tried to get them to watch it hated this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's one. It is genuinely like my top ten films of all time. I love yeah. that movie. I um, I don't think that we should in today's age have to justify our enjoyment of anything. As long as it's not, you know, something illegal or morally reprehensible. That goes without saying, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, But, 
yeah, we don't need to be Caligula about it. Uh, yeah. But, but it's like, you know, it's it's just a TV show. If you enjoy a TV show, as long yeah. as it's not causing active harm to a group of people, then who cares? I like, if you like Big Bang Theory, just watch Big Bang Theory. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to get me to like it. And I, yeah. there are reasons why I don't. But actually, I will defend to the death your right to like it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not to the death. Uh, but I'll no, defend maybe to yeah I'll defend you in one argument online but that's all you get <laughs> <laughs> but there is a real thing about um, I'm all for constructive criticism and objective thought and stuff like that and if anyone wants to have a conversation with me about why they don't like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the, the reboot then absolutely fine uh, I'm more than willing and sometimes very welcoming of having a debate about those sorts of things. But you're not going to change my mind and my personal experience in much the same way that I wouldn't intend to change yours. Yeah. Um, don't yeah. yuck I think another it's person's that, as long as, as long as the reason you dislike something isn't that there's a woman in it or... You know, oh, I don't too like woke. one person. Yeah, or things like that. Or like, oh, why they got to bring politics into it and all this stuff. <laughs> then whatever reason you have for disliking, that's your own reason really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like likes or dislikes. You can't really change people's minds if it's that that kind of level of enjoyment. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned on the podcast before that there's like, I really love, um, the, one of the main reasons I really loved Cowboy Bebop and it resonated with me was um, that Faye Valentine was Romany. And it's almost mm. like weird space Romany. Um, and I really like Nightwing. Um, I like Dick Grayson as a character because he's Romany as well. And it's yeah. a positive um, positive interpretation of Romany rather than, you know, like, oh, it's gypsies and they're, they're going to camp outside your house and steal your copper piping and stuff like that, which is yeah. Yeah. kind of what, what a lot of people think. But those shows are important to me because of that. And if someone enjoys something, maybe there's a message in there that you're quite not quite getting. Mm, yeah, yeah, and that's okay. It's like it's with, the message um, isn't uh, for you. Yeah, it's like uh, a lot of people like the new Star Treks because of the more um, representative characters. Yeah, in the show, like that's yeah, a completely absolutely. valid reason to enjoy a show. Yeah, and quite frankly, whether they enjoy it or not makes no impact on anyone else. Yep. Um and you know, if you don't like it, uh, you know, if I, it's not my personal favourite Star Trek show, um, I don't, I'm not saying I don't get any sort of enjoyment out of it because I do, I do get some enjoyment out of it, um, but it's by no means my favourite. But also, mm. if you do dislike something, that doesn't make you a Nazi. Yes, that's You're true. You're entitled yeah. to dislike yeah. and like <laughs> everything you dislike and like. But also, um, if you do dislike it, don't go onto random people's Twitter profiles to tell them that you dislike it if they haven't asked. Or the actors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't need to do that. Um. Yeah. You're fully entitled to voice your dis- disgust with something or your dislike of something. But, you know. Yeah, use some common sense. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Let me enjoy turtles, damn it! I'm a 37. I'm oh my god! I'm 38 in a couple of weeks. Um, oh, I'm 31 in a few, in a month. Oh, shut up, Spivsy. <laughs> I know. I'm an old man. <laughs> I'm a much older man. <laughs> um, yeah, and like you're not going to change people's minds. Soapboxing is not really necessary for people's enjoyment. Let people in- no. It's, it's not, a no. shitty world at the moment. Let people enjoy stuff. Yeah. Let them have things. 
<laughs> like, don't be selfish. Yeah, remaster your own attitudes towards things. <laughs> Is that the name of your new self-help book? <laughs> remasters. Reach masters. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, ah. Uh. Do we, have we got anything to say about the episodes or anything like that, now that we've gone on a massive soapbox about things? <laughs> um, I think we've gone through everything, really, haven't we? Yeah, we've, um... I think so. I think they're both great seasons. Watch them if you can. Um, just, yeah, give give them a chance, enjoy them. They're great. Even if you like the originals, they, they're great too. Um, yeah. What uh, Have you got any other remasters that you think are good? Oh, Top of my head, not really that I can think of. I'm sure there are. But I, I mean, I really like the Mickey Mouse cartoons, the yeah, new ones. Yeah, that's great. They're fantastic. Um, I re- I was quite excited to see um, a, a rebooted uh, Flintstones, and that seems to have come to nothing now. Mm. So I'm kind of yeah. like... Mm, I think okay. it's still happening. There is, um, there's like a reboot, it's sort of a reboot, but it's like a little children's for about uh, Pebble and Dino. Oh, right, okay. It's like a, you know, like like Disney Junior level. Yeah, but even then, well, that, apparently that has that's gotten. It, yeah, yeah. Um, Shira, that's a really good reboot. That is a really great reboot. Um, and actually, I like. I've watched both the um, He-Man uh, revelations mm. and the other He-Man by um, by. I hate is when I do Kevin, this. It's not Kevin Smith, is it? Kevin Smith did Revelations yeah. and uh, Amanda. Oh, I hate myself. I'm sorry, Amanda, if you listen, you probably won't. Um, but she wrote the uh, reboot, the other He-Man Masters of the Universe reboot. And they're both I, pretty good. I quite, I quite like Yeah, I haven't both. seen those yet. I um, need to, uh, yeah. I, I picked up um, Netflix again so I can watch Titans. Oh, yeah, the third season comes out. Uh, yeah, it came out, out um, a couple of days ago. I think. So, I haven't watched it yet. so you will definitely be watching the thing that I have recommended yeah. to you a hundred times. All the Mike yes. McMahon stuff, so Midnight Mass and Blind Manor. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna make a list. <laughs> I need um, to just like cross things off as I watch them. Yeah, because you need to. Watch oh, another good um, uh, reboot. I think it's one that not many people have seen because it kind of like flew under the radar mm-hmm. a bit. Was they did a, um, a Sherman and Mr Peabody reboot? DreamWorks I've not did. seen that. It's really, really funny. Like it was surprisingly huh. how funny it was. Like this um, one where they go back in time to like Napoleon's time, and mm. he it has his arm inside his coat because he's holding up his braces. <laughs> so they've got to try to find a way to hold his braces up so they can win a war. And they say that they need to find some glue. And they say, and that's when we saw a horse carrying a cart of glue. <laughs> it's like just really silly jokes in it, and it's the it's like framed around. Sherman and Mr. Peabody are doing interviews with famous figures from history. That's quite clever. Yeah, it's really good. I enjoyed it. I um I really liked the ancient Egyptian reboot of Thundercats, uh, that was very short lived. Um, when was that? Was that it was, the two thousands one? Yeah, it was like where it went all ago. extreme. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, the one that wasn't so good was the He Man of the Future. Do you remember that when He Man had a yeah mid- long flowing harness. blonde hair? Yeah, yeah, and a man bun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that one wasn't so good. Um, yeah, reboots tend to be a bit hit and mix. Um, yeah, yeah, hit yeah. and miss. Sorry, hit and miss. Yeah, I thought you'd caught with a new phrase. <laughs> <laughs> hit and miss. The reboots um, tend to be a bit little mix. <laughs> um. Films that I don't think they really most of the time work. 
Like yeah, it's, it's when they turn them live action, it's weird. It's like it's not really necessary. Like they were always so middle ground. Like none where I'd say that was the fantastic film I'd watched that a hundred times. Yeah, they were all like six out of ten maybe. Yeah. Power Rangers was good. I enjoyed Power Rangers. Oh, the reboot Power Rangers. Yeah, that was quite yeah, good. Yeah, the I movie. Yeah, that. Um, it was alright. You know what was uh, terrible? The thing, uh, the thing remake. It it wasn't. It was a prequel, wasn't it? But it was yes, called the yeah. thing. Yeah, um, that confused me. But it was just. Do you remember that scene in the thing where we we're, we're tangent in here? But I don't care. You remember the scene in the thing where um uh. Oh, Kurt Russell and uh, is it Wilfred Brimley? Uh, was he in that scene? Don't I thought know. he showed up no, later on. But yeah, it doesn't really matter, yeah. does it? Yeah. They go to the Norwegian base, and yes. there's an axe sticking out of the wall, and someone's got two faces, and someone's go- uh, garroted themselves, and the the mystery of that film is just like, mm. oh my god, that's what, what makes what it happened? interesting. Yeah, yeah, and then they ruin it. By, yeah, by well, they don't, no, they don't ruin yeah. it. They what barely they explain it. <laughs> they try and explain it, and it is to the detriment of the the sequel. Um, yeah. So it's not really for me. The thing, is yeah, the I don't like things thing like is. that. It's like when they do like a, a, a separate movie about one character in the film. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that because I just want to know what they're doing in this self-contained story. I don't need to mm-hmm. know where they came from. Yeah, like the, like if they did like a. James Bond special. What? Who is odd job? It would be garbage because who cares? <laughs> odd job's tale. Um, how yeah. did he get his hat? a James Bond story? It reminds me because they would do that. Of, they would um... do like, like the origin story of odd job's hat. <laughs> but you say that, but they did um, Han Solo's name. Yeah, but that was stupid. <laughs> I love that movie. I really enjoyed that I, I really movie. Like but that it. is dumb. <laughs> I really like the solo movie. I think it's really clever, and I'd like to see them continue with it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That that solo scene where his name is revealed. There's no need for oh. that. But no, again, not at all. Again, it, it's easily viewed as its own thing. And if you view it as its yeah, own thing, yeah. it's quite. It's really entertaining. It's really good. It is an entertaining movie. Ah, right. <laughs> Okay, uh, I think we're done for this episode. Um, oh, we got emails. So, oh, you know. oh, yeah. all right. So, Shoot. slow your roll, sunshine. All right, I'm here. I'm here for this. All right, we got an email from Metroid Michael. Oh, hi, Mike. I don't know if he enjoys me calling him Metroid Michael, but <laughs> I'm going to keep at it. <laughs> he says, "Well, shook my shell. It's the Toon Hounds. I was an avid turtle watcher and reader." I think I've seen all TMNT series, excluding the newest one. The series you guys are talking about this week might be my favourite. I think it hits all the stops. I think it hits all the stops a turtle show should be. Balance of great action, mutants, and some major deep references to comics in the classic show, and arguably has the best Splinter. And that's the end of the email. He hasn't signed it off or anything. I think he like pressed send by mistake. <laughs> I think if you've listened to this, you know I 100% agree. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's the best interpretation of everything. And it has a little bit of everything. It has a little bit of the movie because Toker and Raza are in it. It has a li- uh, And Super Shredder eventually. Um, it has a little bit of the comics. It has a little bit of the original Eastman and Laird stuff. It has a bit mm. of the silliness. It has a bit of the sci-fi, the horror. It's just 
Chef's kiss. That's what I was. I was going to do it to the camera and then realise <laughs> we're not recording live. It's, uh, it's really good. <laughs> um, it's really great. I agree. It's it's definitely uh, Mike. If you haven't read the IDW uh, comics, you need to go and uh, purchase them at your local uh, comic book shop, or you know, do some other illegal thing to get them uh, because they are great. <laughs> we at Two Nouns do not condone illegal activities. Unless it's really cool. Unless it's rebellion against our overlords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We've got one here from a friend of the show, Sam Lindstrom. Oh, good old Sam. Toonhouse XD director's cut rebooted, remastered and re-educated. Dearest Toonhouse, regarding reboots, I think the magic formula for making one that holds up is a healthy mix of 10% sincere reverence and appreciation for what the original property did, and 90% an actual willingness and ability to do something new, which I think is Jellystone to a T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, it 100% relies on the people getting the time and resources to make it good, but that only matters 200% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at a point where I just don't care about reboots on their own, even for franchises I'm very invested in. It all just feels like how there's 500 versions of The Christmas Carol. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this one isn't very fateful, whatever, I'll skip it, let's just watch the Muppet one again. Yes, I was going to say, unless it's the Muppets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, I watched um, the 1973 Scrooge musical the other day for the first time. A Scroogeical? It's a Scroogeical, which has a scene where it's... Scrooge's funeral procession going through the streets and a guy climbs up on top of the coffin and starts dancing a jig while they're like taking the coffin around the streets which is so good Um, Uh, (laughs) I think there's only other there's only one other parody of Scrooge I really enjoy it and that is the Bill Murray Scrooged yes Scrooged is brilliant that's a um, a yearly watch for me yep I think both picks for this episode show what kind of value a reboot can bring to its respective property Jellystone is the most casually funny show I've ever seen, (laughs) and the TMNT reboot felt like they took apart a puzzle of the entire franchise's legacy, then put it all back together in a whole new configuration. What do you think is an inevitable reboot we're going to see? I feel like we're due for a new Dexter's Lab. It got kind of skimmed over with all the other 90s, 2000s shows that have been getting remade lately. Toonfully hounded, Sam. So what do you think is going to get a reboot? Mm. I mean, they kind. They, I think they were planning to do Dexter's Lab in that really awful Powerpuff Girls live action that got leaked. Yeah, I, I think he was going to be in that. Well, I was going to say I thought that given that um, there was a movie coming that we were going to get a Powerpuff Girls re- repeat. I think mm. what's primed for a reboot is a Sonic cartoon. Yes, the definitely. film was. I mean, Sonic, Sonic Boom ended a couple of years ago, didn't it? Yeah. I think that was like um, 2017. I also think we're going to get a Mario cartoon um, because the yeah, film do, yeah. will ignite that um, despite yeah. its Chris, Chris Prattishness. Um, yeah. I'd like to see a decent reboot of Mask, not the Mask, but yeah, M, the M period yeah. A period S period K period um, because I think it was it was an atrocious cartoon that was absolutely <laughs> terrible that has one of the worst pilot episodes ever. Uh, which I, we are going to talk about at some point because uh, it is <laughs> phenomenally bad. Um, but I think it was a really good concept. I'd also quite like to see Brave Star get rebooted mm. because a Western sci-fi in space with a positive representation of a Native American was 
you know, at its time, ahead of its time. And now, yes. yeah. I think it would be phenomenal. I'd, I've always wanted to see a live-action Brave Star because I really like space westerns. Um, but considering <laughs> that Cowboy Bebop got um, cancelled yesterday, uh, yeah. maybe that's that not... did take long, did it? No, it didn't. And I, 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 I'm slightly annoyed by the fact that they don't wait for people to watch it. I, did, mm. I hadn't even seen it yet. Um, no, I hadn't either. And it's no. almost like, it's like Why the Last Man. Is there any point in watching them now? Um, yeah. yeah, no, probably not. I mean, there's not, not for that. It wasn't a good show. So. Right, there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about you? Uh, um, in terms of ones that I would actually, I would like to see, but I'm not sure if there's much chance of it happening. Mm-hmm. Are Samurai Pizza Cats? Because I was watching episodes of that quite recently, and I thought this is actually quite a good show. It's such a weird and, show. And Flint the Time Detective. Mm-hmm. That's a good show. Yeah, I think that would that. Is those kinds of um, like shonen anime shows that were redeveloped for Western audiences to turn into kids' cartoons? Uh, they've got the kinds of plots where you can just change it into any kind of new era, and it would work. Mm-hmm. Like, like the Digimon reboots, where it's just the same thing, but they give them all mobile phones, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Like, it's it doesn't need to be in its own era. It can work whenever. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I'd like to also maybe see. Because um, du- uh, DuckTales has worked so well and the, dis- uh, the Chip and Dale... Yeah. Goof Troop! Why well, don't they do Goof Troop? Goof Troop, but also Darkwing yeah. Duck. Yeah! Because Darkwing Duck is in an episode of DuckTales. Yep. So I'd like to see a reboot of that. I think if you took the... Um, if you made Darkwing Duck a noir comedy, mm. it would be phenomenal. It would be yeah, so great. Be- um, I think characters from Tailspin show up in DuckTales as well. That's I used to love Tailspin, but I'm not too sure yeah. why. And there's Rescue <laughs> Rangers. Is a, I think that's being made. I loved Rescue I'm Rangers Sure, they're as doing well. Rescue Rangers. Well, they did. Um, Man, the... Disney had some good stuff in the nineties. Yeah, they really did. Remember Even... Gummy Bears? <laughs> I liked Gummy Bears. Sunday morning, uh, Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, yeah. Um, I really liked. Um, even some of the cartoon series of the animated films, like Aladdin, the series. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I used to like them as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I used to like the Hercules one where he's a teenager, and he used to hang out with mm-hmm. Icarus and um, Cassandra. I'm saying I'm going on record now. If they don't um, cast Danny DeVito as Philatetes yeah. in the Hercules film, I yeah. will sulk. That's that's all. I'm not going to do anything else. Yeah, do you know who he's going to be? Chris you, you know who it's, no, it's going to be the guy who voices Olaf in Frozen. Oh, Josh Gad. Yeah, it's going to be Josh Gad. Oh, yeah. I hope not. Um, I, <laughs> I can like just see guy. him in like the horrible CGI that they're going to do to him. Josh Gad is the American James Corden. I don't think he's that bad, but he isn't too is. much stuff. Um, <laughs> no, it should, it's got to be Danny DeVito. He's, he's yeah, the yeah, exact he needs to be right shape, right size, mm. right age... He's a goat man. He is, yeah. He's a real Danny, life goat man. Danny DeVito <laughs> is a mythical creature. <laughs> he is, yeah. My wife and I have this debate, whereas I think um, they should, instead of getting Hugh Jackman to play Wolverine, they should have got Danny DeVito. And she says, yeah, they need to get somebody the right size. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, she's right. But um, I would have loved to have seen Danny DeVito get more roles. I absolutely yeah. adore that man. It would, have, it would have to be Danny DeVito in the yellow and blue Wolverine costume. 
<laughs> I want to see the Weapon X scene where he's in the snow, nude apart from a really bad metal helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a great show. <laughs> uh, I can't really think of any other shows that I would think there would be. Like None that I can think that are, like, oh yeah, they're definitely going to do that. Mm. I don't Some live see, action ones. I don't want to see another Tom and Jerry. No, I'm I, done with Tom and Jerry. I don't want to see. Enough. I don't really want to see another Looney Tunes. If I'm honest, um, um, I think if they do another Looney Tunes, I want it to be self-contained individual stories rather than Mills hanging out together. Because mm. I'm kind of done with the Bugs and Daffy dynamic. I mm. want to see just Bugs cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. That's quite a lot, though. I mean, they did do the oh, that whole bunch of new Looney Tunes cartoons, didn't yeah. they? On HBO. I haven't seen any of them because it's on HBO. So, I liked Jim Sopper's... It's Jim Sopper, isn't it? Yes. Art. Uh, I thought it was phenomenal. Um, and I really like how he's captured something both. It's Sam's calculation of 10% original, 90% something new. It feels mm. new and fresh, but it looks like the character. Um, and yeah. he's phenomenal. I just the episodes were okay, but they weren't. Oh, I, I just they're... I did just think of something that is I can see it getting a reboot in the next couple of years. Go on then. To the detriment of everybody involved, mm-hmm. fairly odd parents. Oh yeah. Hmm. That seems an inevitability now because mm. it was so popular for them, and they've just done that um sort of SpongeBob. Yeah. Reboot with Patrick having a talk show. And they're doing that uh, Camp Coral as well. I think they're going back to the shows that were really popular in the late 90s, early 2000s and trying to reboot them. There is an argument for... um, So instantly then, when you said that, I thought, what else was around that era? And I thought, oh, Ed, Ed and Eddie was great. And then I thought, no, I kind of think that's a little bit of a time capsule. I wouldn't want to see that get Yes, that's very 90s, yeah. Um, Yeah. I think Jimmy Neutron... Jimmy Neutron would be would work as a reboot i think with I think, better animation yeah and you know ben 10 will come back in some sort of shape or form it's come back it's ben 10 got rebooted oh, in go. um 2017 i think there and it's not good it's not, i love ben 10 it's one of my favorite cartoons mm-hmm. ever but past the second season when the first season when they were like teenagers mm. after that it goes really downhill and then they rebooted it and they just kind of did that uh, cookie cutter animation where everybody's got the big eyes and yeah. they, don't, they don't look like they're moving properly and everything was cutesified and yeah the Rick and Morty formula yeah which sometimes works but most of the time doesn't Do, would a would a TNG animated series cast, classify it as a reboot no it wouldn't really I would want it continued Be a, a as reimagining a, I think I'd want it continuing as a season 8 yeah, um, but if they did do a TNG animated series, like say it came out when the show was coming out, yeah, if Data couldn't turn into a car, <laughs> I wouldn't care about this show. <laughs> it's got a Swiss Army knife arm. Yeah, that's what I'd, I would want Data to be like an Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget, there's another one. Yeah, Captain Planet. Culturally, oh. that would that would yeah, go it down would, well. It would at work the culturally, yeah. But Captain Planet, have you? Do you remember watching the original Captain Planet? Yeah, 
I remember a moral of at the end of one of the episodes, don't dump crude oil. And I was kind of like, where the yeah. fuck do you intend <laughs> me getting crude oil from? Such a shitty program. Yeah, like, it was really bad. I don't know why people revere Captain Planet to such a degree, because it wasn't no. good. It's, um, I remember hating it when I was a child. Yeah, it was boring. <laughs> yeah. Incredibly boring. Do you know what was a better cartoon, which also had stuff about environmentalism? Biker Mice from Mars. <laughs> I liked Biker Mice from Mars. They did a really good that was great. Um, Super Nintendo video game based on Biker Mice. Yeah, they Mars did, yeah. Mars. Yeah. They did a good uh, racing game. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah reboot that. <laughs> and <laughs> Street Sharks. Games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> reboot Street Sharks. I want to see more Street Sharks. Mm-hmm. The the ter- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles clones that all came out that were yeah, all yeah. sort of, I want like to see all of that. out of ten. <laughs> yeah. um, have we decided what we're gonna do next week? Oh, did, the week was that Sam's email finished? Yeah, that's done now. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right, he said tunefully hounded Sam. Okay, right, fine. I just didn't want us to cut him off. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, have we decided what we're going to do next week? Uh, well, it's Christmas. Christmas. Uh, so that's the plan, isn't it? Christmas specials. Yeah, I would imagine so. Christmas Even though, movies. as British, we don't uh, celebrate Christmas. We have our own special Christmas that none yeah, we are allowed to know about. <laughs> we uh, celebrate the Murray Lloyd, where a, uh, <laughs> a skeletal ghost horse goes door to door, and you have to rhyme at it. And yep. if you don't have a rap battle to the correct degree, it can come in and steal all of your food. And top hats. That's what we, yeah, that's what we all celebrate. <laughs> yeah. You have to kiss his, we celebrate kiss... the arrival of the bell snickle. <laughs> bell snickle. <laughs> kiss the gentle bell snickle on the nose, and it will be on its way. Um, <laughs> bell snickle's eve is upon us. <laughs> um, no, uh, we'll do Christmas specials. We're going to do really bad yeah. ones as well. So uh... yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think mine's that bad, but you know, it was one that I liked when I was four. So maybe it hasn't stood the test of time. Yeah, famous last we'll words. See. Yeah. Remember, remember Gravedale High. Yeah, <laughs> just be me apologising for the entire episode. <laughs> I'm going to pick a terrible one. I'm going to pick an absolute... on purpose. I might pick um, the Christmas special for All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh yeah, yeah. That was... All Dogs Christmas Carol. Yeah. Got good music. Mm, then I can't pick it if it's in any way good or tolerable. <laughs> I can't pick it. <laughs> well, I don't think um, Don Bluth had anything to do with that one. Uh, yeah, I, he was. He had checked out by that point. Yeah. It was off making um, Troll in Central Park Mm-mm. and Pebble and the Penguin. How the Mighty Fell. Yeah. <laughs> Less said about that, Phil. Um Do we want to? Do we want to put on our top hat, uh, our purple pork pie hat and vest, and pimp out <laughs> any of our shows, other shows, or people that um, we love? Uh, we've got the uh, T. I was going to say TMNT then. <laughs> TTOS film. Is out. Oh, it is. Sort and of. Uh, we've got sort a new, of a film. The first episode of season three is coming out very soon. You can find mm-hmm. details of that on Twitter at upon on subspace or ttos call. Um, give a shout out to Vidizen as always uh, for producing our excellent theme tune uh, and just generally being an all re- all round good guy. And buy his album if you haven't because it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, yep. What else can you do? Uh, um, is there, are there any other are there any other podcasts that you like that people should listen to? Yeah, you should go. <laughs> should we do be friendly and pimp out yeah. somebody else? Yeah, go listen to M Class Podcast. Um, it's a Trek podcast that we're both uh, you know long time fans of with two of our friends uh, Jeff and Josh, and they talk about 
Star Trek, basically. It's like a Star Trek yeah. book club, and they give you their unbridled comedic views on Star Trek and all the good, all the bad, everything's silly, everything's not silly. Um, what else do we love? Uh, pretend Friends. I've been listening to that again. Yeah. The uh, a round table. Um... Like uh, RPG tabletop yeah. RPG game using playing cards, which is developed by Kevin Cole, and it's very fun. It's yeah. very very funny. Uh, I've been enjoying that. I recently guest starred on Trek Ranks uh, to talk about lower decks. Uh, you can find them at, at Trek Ranks. Um, we did we discussed our top five lower decks moment uh, moments. They were it was very funny, but it is if you're not a Star Trek fan. I still think watch it, but it's very Star Trek heavy. Um, mm. And then, yeah, I think that's probably... Oh, follow Sam, follow Mike on Twitter. Um, I think it's at Metroid Mike and at Sam Lindstrom, isn't it? Oh, let's let me have a to... Google. Yeah, we're going to have to have a look now because I'll feel bad if we got it wrong. Um, okay, let's see. At Metroid Mike Music. Mike is spelled with a Y and a K. And Metroid is spelled with a Y. And at Sam Lindstrom. Yeah. Um, both both of whom have projects of their own. Mike runs, um, produces uh, chip, tune, chip Tune Music. That was hard to say. Um, <laughs> with his band Balefire. Um, and Sam has lots and lots of animation projects that we are, sort of know about, but we're not allowed to tell you. But go and follow him. He does lots of uh, small animation uh, shorts and stuff like that, which are really great. Um, he's a cool dude he is a cool dude and we'll have him back at one uh, we will he's, he adds an element of class to our podcast because he actually does research <laughs> he seems <laughs> to know what he's talking about <laughs> um, apart from that you can follow us or, um, I'm at Masters Rich and you are what are you Spivzy? At, at Spivzy with a Z or um, a Z <laughs> yeah if you're a heathen <laughs> we um, should never have given our language to the colonies <laughs> Uh, we had to give them something because we took everything else and put them in the British yeah, Museum. Yeah. We um, did steal everything from everybody else in the entire yeah. world. So British quote-unquote culture. Um, uh, guys, uh, if you don't listen to this before Christmas, if you listen to this around Christmas, have a great Christmas. Uh, but there will be a Christmas-themed episode coming out, as we've said. Um, and be kind to each other because it's a horrible world. Make it better. Make it better. Make the world a better place. We're not bursting into song now. Right, have fun, be kind to each other. See you in a few weeks. See ya. Bye.